Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Here we go. It's Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler, the Growing in Grace uh, weekly podcast here at growingingrace.org. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, for uh, spending some time with us. We would like to connect with you online. You can always uh, look for us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grace Roots. Also at Grace Roots on Twitter and youtube.com slash Grace Roots. And uh, we're thankful that you've come along. We're talking about this awesome new covenant, our sins, every single one of them taken away, not when we turn from them, even though turning from sin is a good thing, if you're doing something ungodly, it's good to turn from that. It's who we are in Christ, to turn from sin and, and walk as the righteous people we are. But doing that isn't what saves us, isn't what has caused us to be forgiven. It's only the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is bigger than any of the sins that we commit because it took them away. So uh, we're here to talk about this once-for-all forgiveness and all the uh, benefits that we have in this new covenant, along with the uh, me again, it's Mike Kapler. Hey, Joel. Uh, good to be back with you again for another edition of our podcast. Um, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking about everything we've been talking about in recent weeks, and I realize perhaps maybe some of the things that we, we are sharing and that we're probably about to share, some of it will sound like repeat, and maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe because because... Because, 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 because. <laughs> because of the wonderful things he does. <laughs> he did, I should say. Because of the wonderful. <laughs> We're off to see. Yes, we've, the... we've all been given a new heart. Be of good courage. We're off to see the high priest <laughs> of the order of Melchizedek. Okay, anyway, we could stop that. Yes. For you Wizard of Oz fans out there, we'll... We'll have a we'll have a separate meeting sometime. But well, uh, well you were talking about repeat. You know uh, what we're going to be talking about might sound like a repeat, and I, I just for whatever reason it popped in my head that when you like music, you know, you like a song, you listen to it over and over again, and eventually you know that song. And years later, you hear that song and you're singing it again. Well, that's one of the benefits I think of talking about some of this stuff over and over again, because it does help our hearts to be established in the truth. So I think I think it's good. I mean, there's so much good stuff in the book of Hebrews that we've been talking about. And if uh, if it does indeed sound like we're talking again about stuff we've already talked about, and, and we're going to move on too, but I mean, to the rest of uh, some of the other stuff that Hebrews talks about, chapter 10 and all that, but I, I think it's good to hide that word in our hearts, as they say, to help us to establish it and, and get rooted and grounded in it. Yeah, and, and you know, you're, that's a good example, like with music, how, how we do frequently listen to some of those things over and over again. There, there's even a few TV shows and movies I, I just never seem to get tired of. Right. And how much more should that be the case with some of these things that come from the living word that breathes constantly? It's not just pages, you know, in, in a book. It's It's the living word here that we're we're talking about. And so sometimes it does feel like a repeat, which isn't a bad thing because this stuff, it can be so different from the mindset that we've been established in 
which is really oftentimes not in agreement with the gospel and the, the, the final sacrifice that Christ brought to us. So it's, it's good to go through these things, but quite frankly, sometimes it sounds like we're repeating, but we're just really kind of doing some meditating from different perspectives, perhaps along some of the same lines, but trying to come to uh, approaching them from different perspectives, different angles, different thought processes in order to gain an even greater understanding because it's a really dangerous place to be, I think, when we begin to think that we get it. Um, Mm -hmm. I get it a lot more than I used to get it, but I know there's so much more to get. And um, we just got to be careful, I think, about saying, yeah, yeah, I get it, let's move on, Mm -hmm. especially with with some of these very important things about the new covenant. So we're coming toward the end of uh, Hebrews 9. Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, like the Jewish temple, for example. That was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. He appeared before God on our behalf. He represented us, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And so some of this, again, we touched on it a little bit, but one of the things that I'm taking away here, Joel, is that there were times in my life, especially before I began to to walk in the, the, the gospel of grace and, and gain a better understanding of it, there were times where I would ask God to forgive me for something I did wrong. And then I would kind of walk away feeling forgiven, right? And what would happen sometimes later on is that often I would either commit another sin or I would commit the very same one again at some point. And what would I do? I would go back and say, hey, God, Forgive me again because I sinned. And the real point here, as, as we back up with what we've already read in Hebrews chapter 9, is that there is no more forgiveness to be dispensed or dished out. Why? Because there's no more blood being shed. You can't have any more new forgiveness unless there was new blood being spilled. Jesus would have had to do this over and over again if that were the case. He would have had to die and he would have had to do the whole thing all over again time after time, year after year, whatever the frame would have been there. But now once for all time, he has appeared to remove sin. Sin has been removed. It's been taken away. Jesus has done what the law could not do, what the high priest could not do under that law with those kinds of sacrifices from animals. Yeah, this once for all forgiveness issue, I mean, we really need to get this into our hearts because... Well, like you were saying, with uh, your own experience, you would do something and ask for forgiveness, then do it again later on and ask for forgiveness again. When 2,000 years ago, the one sacrifice took away all sin. It removed it all. It's one sacrifice for all our sin. Again, otherwise, Jesus would have to come back again and again and again. Every time we needed forgiveness, Jesus would have to come again. But it was the one sacrifice for all sin. Once for all forgiveness, all of our sins taken away. The sins that I committed 10 years ago, taken away, not by anything that I've done, 
but by the blood of Jesus. The sins that I commit 10 years from now, already taken away because of the blood of Jesus from 2,000 years ago. Now, that doesn't make me want to go out and sin because, hey, I know that anything that I do, already covered by the blood of Jesus, already taken away by the blood of Jesus, it actually makes me thankful and want to walk as the new creation that I am, because not only was Jesus' blood spilled for our forgiveness, but he was raised again from the dead, and we joined him in his life. So there's even a whole lot more than just this forgiveness issue. Not only have we been forgiven, but we've received new life, and he is in us, and we're in him. And so this mindset that people have, well, what about what about when I sin? Well, all your sins have been taken away. And, and here's the thing. It's not so much that we'll say this, But I think this is the mindset that people have. I realize that the blood of Jesus took away all my sins. But what about when I sin? (laughs) I mean, when a person sins, if you don't know this truth, that your sin has already been taken away, you think there's something you have to do. You think that there's some process you have to go through, some confession or, or whatever. But it's not our confession of sin by which we're forgiven and by which our sin has been taken away. It's the blood of Jesus. Now, we did make that one confession one time, the confession of Christ. We received what he did 2,000 years ago, and and we received the benefit of all of our sin having been taken away. And again, when we do sin, what do we do? Well, it's good to turn. It's good to do a 180. It's good to go the other way. But that won't give you more forgiveness, because all of your sin by the blood of Jesus has already been taken away. Yeah, I mean, think about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever confesses all their sins <laughs> or whoever confesses whenever they sin, then they'll have eternal life. That That's really not how the verse goes, obviously. The one confession you were talking about, the confession of Christ, not the confession of sin, the confession of Christ, uh, the opposite of sin is our confession. See, we get this so backwards here in the church world, but Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, or confess the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me pull up a verse here from, or a passage from uh, the book of Acts. The apostles would go around and and spread the good news to to the Jewish people. And here's one thing they said in Acts 13, 38 and 39. The apostles said, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Imagine, this, this, is, this is a real mind bender for these people who are in the animal sacrificing business. Let it be known to you that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. What is it What is it that it takes to, to receive this forgiveness and to be freed from the things that the law could not free you from? To believe. Uh, a confession of Christ. Believing with the heart. Uh, yeah. So forgiveness came through the blood of Christ, which was only shed one time, not frequently and not over and over again. So there can't be new forgiveness or we're in trouble because mm-hmm. there's no more blood being shed. That's That's what you should be walking away with when you leave uh, Hebrews chapter 9. Right. And so if a person didn't listen uh, last week, I did bring up 1 John 1, 9. And uh, base, and, and so I won't go over that again. You can go back and listen to that. John was talking about those who denied that there was even such a thing as sin. 
uh, it wasn't for believers that he was talking talk, talking about this confession or this acknowledgement of sin. But you can go back and listen to that if you want. But um, like I said, there's so much good stuff to get to here in, in Hebrews. And so as chapter 9 uh, ends up here, uh, I'm in the uh, NASB 2, I think. I think that's where you are at. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered to bear the sins of many, so he was offered 2,000 years ago once to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. And now that to those who eagerly await him, that's not a, it's not a condition. It's not like you have to be sitting there eagerly awaiting, eagerly awaiting Jesus every minute of your life. It's just, hey, <laughs> we get this joy of eagerly awaiting Christ. And he will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin. Why? Because once and for all, he took away sin. Hallelujah, right? I mean, that's what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. So we can rest in that. And so uh, next week, we'll move on talking about how through the one sacrifice of Christ, we have been made perfect. Not just we're doing okay, but we've been made perfect and many other things to talk about coming up next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.